so, yeah, so there's, there's like this card it's called Devouring Sugar Moth. It is a donut with, um, like gummy worms coming out of it, and it's eating a dude. Or about to eat a dude. It's like got a dude wrapped up in gummy worms, and it's, uh, moving it towards mouth. Hot. Its mouth, yeah. Yeah. Although the annoying thing is, it's not a food, like, Food is a subtype of artifacts, so there's a bunch of food creatures in this set that, um, because they didn't want to make them artifacts, they're not foods. So this donut gummy worm monstrosity is just a horror. It's not a food. <laughs> it, it's evolved beyond food. Yeah. Same for it's Scream Puff, powerful. which is the horror cream puff, um, and Mintstrosity, which is a mint monstrosity. Um, I think there's a couple others I'm forgetting about. Uh, there's also Tough Cookie, which is a food. It's an artifact. It's a gingerbread man. I mean, he's a Tough Cookie. Um, and Sir Ginger, who is famous from the trailer to the first Eldraine back in 2019. They did this little animated thing of these two, gin you know, a gingerbread boy and a gingerbread girl. And then chaos, you know, they come to life, and then there's chaos, and then the gingerbread boy ends up getting eaten by Garrick the Planeswalker, to the horror of the gingerbread girl, who uh, then picks up a fork and jumps at him. And now she's back, and she has her own card, and she is Sir Ginger, um, what's the subtitle of that one? It's meal, Sir Ginger the Meal Ender. Um... <laughs> A character who is so popular that she is on the uh, the face of the collector boosters, and also on a uh, a deck box and a binder and a playmat and a wall scroll and a uh, tin of um, just like tokens and a life counter and stuff. Uh, and I may have bought all of these things except for the wall scroll because I don't have any wall space left. Because what a cookies. very marketable cookie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I should just send you a picture of the cookie night. Um, is this a good cold open? Because uh, I don't know, jumping into this with no context, if it uh, makes any sense. Context is for squares. Mm. Uh, well, anyway, so Sir Ginger, it's spelled S-Y-R space G-I-N-G-R, if you want to Google, and this doesn't end up being the title card. Um, I mean, why would it? We're so early into the episode, but here's, here's Sir Ginger. Huh. It's a gingerbread cookie riding a gingerbread horse, holding a fork. Uh, her abilities get stronger if an opponent has a planeswalker, because Garrick the planeswalker murdered her boyfriend. <laughs> So she goes into like a feral rage. Yeah. Yeah, she's back. She's got a card. Unfortunately, doesn't appear in the story at all or anything, despite the marketability. The story was focused on the actual characters. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to have to put make like an alternate card. I just, I was browsing through other art, and they did like an Akira slide version of Sir Ginger. <laughs> On the horse. I'll wait for Discord to... Oh, what the fuck, Discord? Oh no, we got uh, disconnected. Possible technical difficulties, because Discord just crapped out on me, but I think Audacity is still recording. Um, 
Let's see. Okay, and I'm back online. Um, hey. Yeah, I didn't stop the recording, but yeah, Discord was so overloaded by this Akira slide, Sir Ginger, that I tried to send you that the whole thing crashed. <laughs> I, I love it. I don't. I don't know why. Like, I'm not even a huge fan of that movie, but uh, mm. the the slide is iconic, and I love it every time. Yeah, and it's a cookie on a cookie horse doing it. Yeah. Uh. Imagine actually trying to make that cookie horse, though. It would be so unstable. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's like those gingerbread house kits, where it's just a bunch of pieces, and you're trying to hold them together with, like, melted marshmallows or something. Yeah. It's like, hey, use sugar as glue, and it's like, oh, it doesn't work that well. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> like, a confectionery expert. Yeah, I'm trying to find the art... Okay, here it is. The art from the Collector Boosters and the Playmat. Uh, Sir Ginger facing off against a bunch of cupcakes. I love the, the jello ooze at the bottom. Just a smiley jello happy. with a sword stuck in it. <laughs> I like the carnivorous cake. Mmm. Yep, yeah, there's cake, there's gummy worms. Um, actually, the the candy apple, that one, there is a card. Let me just grab these cards so I can uh, see what this thing is called. Almost lost my drink. Um, okay, what the fuck cards were these? Um, in this non-visual medium. Okay, yeah, Devouring Sugar Mom is a donut. That's like a sarlacc that's eating a dude. I should just send you this one, too. Um, enjoy the non-visual discussion, everyone. Eugene, mainly. Our listener. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's all stuff from Wilds of Eldraine, the new Magic the Gathering set that came out yesterday. Although it's been in previews for a while. Uh, no, not image link. I want to copy the image itself. Thank you. Okay, this is Devouring Sugar Maw. Which is my other favorite. It's a donut with gummy worms just oozing out of it. It's got cherries for eyes and it's gonna it eat It looks like a elf. beholder. Yeah. Um, there's an alternate art of it that's like a cake monster with just giant teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, the fam- that, that screenshot is from the end of the trailer from four years ago. <laughs> I I understand why this got popular. I love the f the flavor text on that. That's when Ginger snapped. <laughs> I think you told me that one. Before. We've probably talked about this before, and I've just completely forgot. Maybe. Um, there's also Greta Sweet Tooth Scourge, which is like the Hansel and Gretel of this. That she's like got an axe and is like chopping up gummy worms and cupcakes in this. The, I think it's Sweet Tooth Village is the name of the, like, candy house village where all the candy is also monsters. Um, the Scream Puff, who kind of looks like Clayface, but it's oozing, like, purple slime. Uh, Minstrosity is like a mantis made of mints and candy canes. Um, okay, yeah, the apple thing, it's Candy Grapple, um, which is an instant... Uh, that you can, like, do... 
you, you reduce the power and toughness of something, and it shows a guy being it, like bitten on the arm by a candy apple. So it's called Candy Grapple. <laughs> yeah, there's also Sugar Rush. There's a card of uh, some kind of candy monster, and it gives you like a boost and draws your card. And then there's so many candy puns you could make. Yeah. Yeah, they do a bunch. It's it's a fun set. I mostly care about the food cards. Um, I bought one collector booster, and it had an extended art surge ginger, so it's like it was meant to be. She she's the hottest uh, thing around. Mm. Fresh out the oven. Yep, four years ago. <laughs> hey, it's new to me. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a card now. Because when that trailer came out, people loved it. But the trailer, I guess, was made pretty late in development, because Eldraine was originally supposed to be, like, a Camelot set. But they needed some more stuff to pad it out, so they did fairy tales. And then the fairy tales ended up being more popular than the Camelot stuff. Um, but they could kind of see from the like, pre-testing that that was going to be the case, so they made the trailer focused on these ginger people instead of, um, you know, any of the knights and all that stuff. Um, so they, they had this, like, trailer with these cookies, but then the only cookie card in the set is Ginger Brute, who is, uh, like, the, you know, run as fast as you can, you can't catch me, I'm the gingerbread man. He's, uh, a one-mana food creature with, uh, haste. And he can only be blocked by creatures with haste, because he's so fast. Nice. Also, weirdly effect... I, I have, one of my high-power combo decks has him as a potential win con. Because it's like, I get infinite mana, I can make infinite copies of an artifact. And if I'm making infinite copies of Ginger Brute, they've all got haste. So now I can just attack on the same turn that they all enter. With 10,000 yeah. Ginger Brutes. Magic has just so many broken combos. Mm. Like I don't, I don't know most of them, but I've heard of several of them. Yeah, there's, there's like, a lot more damn. complicated ones, but yeah, some of them just involve so much math that I can't wrap my head around it. But I like math. Mm. Maybe not when it comes to card games, though. Like, table math. Mm. Ew. Yeah. That's too much. Um, but yeah. Because otherwise, for this week, I saw two movies. Um, not counting Lilo and Stitch, which I also saw, but that's part of the project that we'll talk about eventually. Um... The project I just completely dropped for two weeks, apparently. Well, you dropped it, and then you picked it back up, and then you dropped it again. Yeah. It's just a basketball project. Yeah, eventually uh, I'll have a year where I just learn the complete history of basketball. Mm. I'm just going to watch every game, every recorded basketball game in history. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Mm. <laughs> I mean, there's like 
hundreds of <laughs> NBA games a year. There's like 30 teams, and they each play 60. I, I don't even remember 60 games, yeah, 60 something like games a, each. Just, yeah, like in a year, all the games that are played on top of each other, because you know, multiple channels. Yeah. And people act like they know everything. Mm. You don't. No, but it, it's important to get all your stats right for your fantasy team. So you can have an accurate simulation of uh, how uh, how good these players are. It's very important that you have a pick that you never change for who's the best player of all time. Mm. Even though basketball in like the 60s is nothing like basketball in the 2020s. No, it's, it's like betting on horses. You, you've got a good feeling about this one. Yeah. I wish I wish players had like really weird uh, names like racehorses do. Mm. Yeah, that, that's the next evolution to basketball. When people get bored of it, then they have to just start giving them stunt names. Wait, there are a lot of uh, athletes who have really weird nicknames. I, I think I've said my favorite before: clipboard Jesus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm just thinking about like the um what was it like in Brazil where you can run for office under any name you want. So there's like multiple people have run as Darth Vader for president. Yeah. The sand people won't be a problem anymore. Mm. Yeah. No younglings. <laughs> running on a no younglings platform uh, I, I I kind of wish Darth Vader was real just to see how he would do in politics <laughs> because I mean I mean shit <laughs> well uh, yeah even in the empire he wasn't like elected at all he just Got in because yeah. nepotism. Yeah. He was apprenticed to someone important who gave him a desk job. Well, not a desk job, but like just sent him around to bully people. So he's not really a politician so much as just like a henchman, I guess. He's he's middle management. Yeah, he's a hired muscle to go bully your administrators who aren't doing their jobs right. Hmm. And occasionally maybe oversee a manhunt. You know, perform a few maimings, maybe. Yeah. Make Hands people think we can safe. strangle them when... He can't actually, and they're just playing along and putting on fake beards afterward. Take on a different identity. Imagine how many fake beards you would need. Mm. Like, eventually everybody would just look like ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we actually get into a topic? Uh, let's just vamp for another hour and 45 minutes. Okay. It's going well so far. No mm. awkward silences at all. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
I'd say not after editing, but I don't always edit those down. I mean, I edit them down if they're so long that it's like, this is a lot of space. And then I'm okay. just shrink that a little. Alright, let's see the longest one we can stay in. Um, I mean, since I have to edit them, I can't stand them being too long. Mr. <laughs> to notice. Yeah, um, fair enough. But this is a very uh, low energy episode so far. It is. I I haven't slept well mm. in like days. Um. Um. So I get. Well, actually, okay. Just because I said I'd probably mention it. Um. The uh, Discord for Magic Arcanum, which is a YouTube channel that I am on the Patreon of, so I'm on their Discord. Uh, the guy who hosts that started doing this thing where he's, like, selling cards, including cards that aren't out yet, although I guess they are now. Um, because I bought, you know, some of these new Eldraine cards before the set actually came out, because he was selling them. Uh, and one of them arrived today on the subject of food creatures. Um, this is another one that I forgot to mention, because he's not in the main set. He's like a commander card. Um, Brennard Ginger Sculptor. Um, and I'm probably going to build him as a deck, but it's a little tricky, because I'm... I just got to figure out exactly how this damn thing works to begin with. Um, he's, he's one green, white, blue, human artificer, 3-3. Three, three. For each creature... Oh, no. Each creature you control that's a food or golem gets plus 2, plus 2, and has trample. The or golem part is a kind of a weird distinction, because, I mean, there's, like, bottle gnomes and bottle golems, I think, are both... I, I don't know if bottle gnomes is a golem card, but bottle golems is... It, it's, it's a golem, but I don't think it's considered a food, but it is kind of a food. You know, it, it's like a sentient bottle of some kind of juice. Um... Otherwise, yeah, there's just, like, Ginger Brute and Tough Cookie, and not a lot of other existing food creatures. Um, and then golems tend to just be, like, you know, walking humanoid machine things. So, I don't know, it, it it's an odd thing to focus on. But I guess it's mainly there because uh, Ginger Brute is a food golem, and... Um, his second ability, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a 1-1 food golem artifact creature in addition to its other types, and it gains 2 tap sack, uh, gain 3 life, which is the ability that food has. You know, food is an artifact that is pay 2 tap sack, gain 3 life. So basically, every time one of your non-token creatures dies, you can get a food copy of it. So it seems like the way the deck is meant to be built is like I make creatures and then I make them die by sacrificing them or something uh, and then I get copies of them that are smaller because they're one one food copies of them that I can then eat you know sacrifice them and gain life um, so it's kind of a weird like aristocrat sacrifice deck except it doesn't have black like if it had black i would absolutely build this thing like if this was white green black i would build it right away because then i could put all those fun uh 
black, like m most of those food monsters I mentioned, even though they're not foods and they're horrors, most of them are black. So if I had access to black, then yeah, there's a lot of fun food stuff I could put in there. But, um, since it doesn't, and since it's kind of an aristocrat sacrifice deck, I don't know, it's, just, it's weird. I'm not sure what to do with it right now. Just make a four-color deck. I'm sure it's easy. Well, he's he's only three colors, so if I did a four-color deck, I'd have to put him in something else. Which I could do, I guess. It just would kind of lose the flavor of the food thing. <laughs> the flavor. Yeah. And I do have a food... I have an old food deck that I've retired because it just wasn't fun. Um, that is... Uh, that one started as green, white, black. Because that's where like all the food cards were. Although there wasn't a good commander for it. So I think I went with Teneb the Harvester. Um, but then... Um, I realized Corvold, who is green, black, red, uh, was really good because they they added some more some like red kind of sort of food align you know, at least like chef type characters in red um so it didn't have white but most food is green or black um so i i did cor because corvold is a dragon who gets bigger every time you sacrifice something and also wants you to sacrifice things every time he enters or attacks um so, like, the the real way to build Corvold is you do treasures, because those sacrifice for mana, and then Corvold gets bigger every time you sacrifice a treasure. Um, well, he gets bigger and he draws you a card. Um, I did it as a food deck, so I make food. Corvold gets bigger when I sacrifice the food. Um, but it just it wasn't that, you know... It, it's the kind of deck where if people just keep blowing up Corvold, then the deck's not doing anything. Because he's the only payoff to all of the dumb stuff I'm doing. Um, so, yeah. So this one I'll, I'll build different from that, especially where it, it it's not like a Voltron thing. It's like, he wants to make food golem copies of my creatures, and then he turns them into 3-3s with trample. Um, so it's like he wants them to be... He makes them 1-1s, one but if he's out, he's giving them plus 2, plus 2, and trample. But 3-3 three, three with trample doesn't really mean much, because 3-3 three, three is still pretty small. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting puzzle to try to figure out what it is I should build with this. Like, in the colors it's in, it almost seems like it wants to be more of a uh, ETB kind of effect of, uh, you know, enters the battlefield effects. There's a lot of things that when they enter, it does a thing. And if I can have it enter, and then I kill it, and then I get a food copy, the food copy enters with the abilities of the thing that it's copying. So I could repeat those effects. I guess. It, um, it enters, you yeah. sacrifice it, so, and you okay, deal a damage to your um, opponent. I saw the flash like a week ago. I thought about watching it again, but then I'm like, eh, I don't really care. But I, I probably will at some point. It was okay. It's flash, nobody really cares. <laughs> yeah, it's the biggest bomb in Warner's history, possibly. 
um, <laughs> since it took so long to make, it went through so many revisions, and then it came out, and nobody wanted to see it. Especially like that, like Warner's and DC have just kind of sandbagged themselves with the whole James Gunn reboot of DC. Like people aren't invested in anything they're coming out with because they know it's not going to matter. You know, like if you're look, if you see it and you like it and you're looking forward to a sequel, it's probably not happening. So, but I, I mean, if it's a kitchen sink multiverse movie, then it doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this... it's just who cares? There's a fucking giant spider fighting Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah, and that scene with Nick Cage fighting the giant spider comes at a point where it feels like they're trying to have the dramatic weight of, you know, classic universes like appearing and then crashing into each other and exploding. Uh, you know, like I guess Chris Reeves' Superman universe is super dead now because it exploded. But also, this is the Flash, and who cares? They can just forget about that if they want to have Superman Returns again. The sequel to Superman Returns, which was the sequel to Chris Reeve, Superman. And then Superman Returns in Space. Mm. And then Superman Returns in Space again. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, because like, they show his universe, I think, like, crashing into the Adam West Batman universe and exploding or something, I don't know. Adam West Batman universe was there. Old black and white Superman was there. Um, and and then, yeah, like, the Nick Cage spider one is, you know, like, they show, like, all these classic ones, like, oh, yeah, remember this, remember this? And then Nick Cage fighting a giant spider, which is a joke that people on the internet know about about the you know superman lives script and all the stupid stuff that the producer wanted to have happen in that um but yeah i don't know it was just, everything it was a weird i hear about the flash movie. everything i hear about the flash movie it just sounds like a much worse version of uh, no way home yeah i mean the only scene that's worth watching is toward the beginning, which is the scene everyone was making fun of with the CGI babies. That scene is fucking amazing. It, it was... I, I burst out laughing. It was so, so dumb and fun. Like, it's intentionally dumb. And it feels, you know, like even during the credits, they reference it in, like, the background. So I think they knew that the scene was, like, the hit. Um... Because it like, the setup is um, there's you know Batman's like chasing a truck with bad guys or something through I think Central City I don't know if it was supposed to be Gotham or Central City but whatever Batman is chasing the bad guys Flash is running late um, he's low on calories because his whole way his powers work he needs to keep eating you know to get his calories back up because he burns through them so fast every time he runs um so he's like trying to get food and the the guy at the cafe or whatever is being kind of a dick um but then he eventually he some i can't remember he 
he's in front of a hospital. Like, there's a hospital, and the ground in front of the hospital is, like, completely collapsed, like, into the subway tunnel. You know, there's just, like, a stretch, and then there's the hospital. But the hospital's still standing, so Flash is like, oh, this is fine. Um, and then, um, the front of the hospital starts to collapse. Uh, just, like, the whole front section starts falling down, and, you know, I don't know, like, ten stories up. Uh, the floor tilts, and this, uh, room f with, like, half a dozen babies and a nurse and a therapy dog all come spilling out of the window, and, um... The on top of that, so like Flash is like looking and he can see in slow motion. So these babies are all falling, and then like one of them is falling toward uh like some acid that splashed out of a bottle. One of them's falling toward a bunch of knives. One of them's falling toward like a table, and there's like another table that's gonna come and smash the baby between the two tables. Uh, <laughs> one of them is there's like a lit canister of some kind of gas that's like blasting flame and the baby is falling toward it <laughs> uh, and then there's the therapy dog that's also there um, and that's when Flash goes into his like slow motion of trying to get all these babies uh, you know he sticks one in a microwave to keep it safe um, and then um Actually, I think maybe he first, like, microwaves a burrito or something. I don't know. He also, there's, like, a burrito that he, like, takes out of the microwave and he eats it. And that gives him the energy he needs to then stick this baby safely in the microwave and get the other ones to safety and put them all on, like, a stretcher together with the dog and the nurse and get them all safely down to the ground as everything is, like, exploding in slow motion. And it's just, and that's, and then afterward, there's the the clip of like the nurse screaming her head off staring at the flash because uh yeah she just survived falling from a dangerous height with a bunch of babies and, um yeah that that scene was great and that was like right at the start of the movie and then afterward it does all the you know time travel whatever and it was it was fine was it was it fine yeah I mean, uh, on a, let's see, on a scale of DC movies, I would <laughs> probably put it above Black Adam. Um, I mean, it's definitely above Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, it's got to be better than Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's better than Suicide Squad. Uh, it's probably better than Batman v Superman. I mean, Batman v Superman was, I'd say more, I don't know, they're probably equally ambitious in what they're trying Ooh. to do. Uh, I think The Flash just ones up, uh, the Snyder stuff because at least it knows how to be fun. Um. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, it didn't take itself too seriously. It has, like, some, you know, heartfelt moments. Nothing that really hit me, but it's, it, you know, it was trying. Um, and then, yeah, it's got a lot of fun parts. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, it was fine, I think. Yeah, solid mid-level DC movie. I might watch it eventually if I ever get HBO Max for some random reason to watch Harley Quinn or something. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of Harley, season four isn't quite done yet. I think it's on like episode eight. 
or something. It's it's getting close. I rewatched the whole thing because season four just feels more disjointed than the other seasons. Um, you know, it's like a bunch of random stuff is happening, but um, I think I mentioned it in the media box. It feels like Harley Quinn. It, it's a fun show, but it the story it had to tell ended at the end of season two, and yeah. it's just been you know it. It, it's a popular show and it has to keep going and they keep it going yeah. but it's kind of reaching now yeah like that i like the, i felt that way partially it, it, in season three but it was still fun enough yeah yeah season four the problem is that like the core character arc just feel like like the character arc where the, where they left them at the end of season three is that uh poison ivy has been made the CEO of the Legion of Doom because Lex has decided he's going to go, you know, have a base on the moon. And then, you know, in season four, they established, like, his deal now is that he's, like, pretending to be... he, he He's, like, trying to make deals with Steppenwolf while also, you know, he's got, like, a laser that's like, I'm going to use this to save the Earth so we can threaten to destroy the Earth more often because I'm fix it i don't know it's dumb bullshit but poison ivy's in charge of the legion of doom um and so she's you know having to try to balance that with her own uh kind of anti-heroic ethos um and then uh harley is become a member of the bat family now that batman is in prison for tax evasion um and shortly you know pretty early in season four alfred decides to go rob a bank so he can get put in jail with master bruce although i think he ends up getting put in a different jail um and we haven't really seen what happened after that because they just kind of dropped it it's mostly been about harley trying to get the bat family to trust her while also struggling with uh the like you know her girlfriend is in charge of the biggest group of villains in the world and they're trying to give each other space but also they're you know should be at odds but aren't but sometimes are i don't know it it's just it's a really weird place to take the characters that just hasn't really panned out into anything yeah like even at the end of season three it felt like they were just writing it that way so they can keep a conflict going. Yeah. Not not because there was really any logic to it. Yeah. So yeah, I could see I could see that. Yeah. Like, and they're just like like the the goes. way they're framing it, it's like, you know, that they you know, living their own separate lives but also together and respecting each other's boundaries. But also I mean, one of them is in charge of international league of all the terrorists in the world and one of them is part of a superhero team like this isn't that kind of a conflict and i mean i guess i you know that's the joke that they're playing it so light when it you know should be heavier than that is it funny though not really and i think like the main thing is just harley doesn't feel like i guess it's just her own you know insecurity and inability to like find herself or figure out what she wants to do with her life that she just doesn't fit with you know being a member of the bat family yeah like it 
I, I don't know, maybe by the end of the season she'll realize she doesn't fit, because, you know, like, she's looking for something and it's not there, but, um, it's just, it, it, it feels weird that she's even trying to be, like, uh, a superhero. Like, she's, she's just too much of a wild card for that. Yeah, it, it, at least in season three, they kind of had a gentle slope towards her joining the Bat family. Mm. Um, but, I mean, still, it was like, how's this going to work? Yeah, because with, with Batman Away, the way that whole dynamic has worked is, like, um, Batgirl doesn't... I mean, like, they had kind of a rapport before, and they still kind of do. Um, Nightwing, they're mostly talking about how hot his ass is. Um, and then, you know, up to the point that like, he gets uh, killed, seemingly, like, halfway through the season. I don't know if that's going to stick, but apparently he, he was killed by someone, and there's, like, a mystery of who killed him. Um, and then when they bury him, they have to... Uh, have molded ass cheeks in the coffin to fit his perfect ass. But, he, yeah, he's dead, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, like, Danny... I don't, I don't care if, if that's, like, a, a gender reversal thing. It's still just really weird. Yeah. Yeah, and then Damien is still there just being a little shit, but at least, you know, oh, the, this like, a thing with... So, since Batman's in prison, um, Talia got custody of Wayne Corp. She was, like, the next in line, I guess, in Batman's will, because, you know, she's the mother of his child. So, Talia comes in and basically just, like, divests the whole, you know, like, all the bat gadgets, just sells them all off. And, um, you know, is, like, trying to make the company more profitable or something in an evilish way. Um, but also she, she cares so little about Damien that she's like, oh, happy birthday, here's my belated birthday present, and it's like a rattle, because she doesn't know how old Damien is. <laughs> yeah, okay, that is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Damien is mostly just there being a little shit, although there is an episode where, like... Pass after the Nightwing murder, but before they figured out the Nightwing murder, they end up getting a time machine and traveling into the future, into like an apocalyptic future where Damien is the only surviving member of the Bat family, and he's got like robots terrorizing everyone, while he, you know, is just kind of like a fat nerd sitting in the cave, uh, controlling all these drones, um, and then also. There, there's like a gag with uh, the leader of the resistance is the daughter of Harley and Ivy, who looks like a blend between the two of them. And her name is Neytiri because in this future, Avatar is the most important uh, franchise on Earth, and everyone quotes it and loves it. Um, so, uh, yeah. Okay. If they say so. Yeah, well, and that's the joke, is, you know, they're like, oh, no, we, <laughs> yeah, I we mean, don't even I, like that I movie, get it. but, yeah. I get it, but still. <laughs> like that's, uh, I, you know what, uh, forget it, I respect it. Yeah. I, I respect making fun of Avatar. Yeah. 
Unconditionally. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, like, the season is fun. It just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere or needed to exist in the first place. Yeah. I mean, like, I... I was never huge into, like, when they actually did, you know, character or relationship drama. Mm. Um, like, hardly getting over the Joker hit uh, well enough yeah. in the first season. Then the second season is... It, I don't know. Well, like, the second season is because the whole... With her getting together with Ivy, which seemed like that was going to happen, because that's, you know, been a thing since, you know, like, a couple of the animated series episodes. Um, yeah. That people wanted them to be together. But they kind of delayed that with the whole Kite Man thing. Um, yeah. And I don't know what's going on with his spinoff show. I haven't heard... I think it might have been cancelled, but he... You know, he hasn't appeared in the main show because he's supposed to be doing a spin-off show, I think. Oh, man, I do not think he can... <laughs> I don't think fucking Kite Man can <laughs> uh, support a show by himself. Yeah, but yeah, it's supposed to, there's supposed to be like a Kite Man show where he is running that bar for supervillains that's shown up a couple times. Also, Bane has kind of a character arc in season four because you know they keep bringing him back for like joke character arcs, um, where like, he's in love with Nora, who's like the Ivy's secretary now that you know Victor Freeze has been dead since season two. Um, and, and so to impress her, he's like trying to get a handle for a pasta maker, and that. Uh, there's like a whole thing in the latest episode of him like traveling, you know, there's a lot of things throughout the season where they're like cutting to him and he's just like stuck in airport security because he's Bane and he can't take his mask off and he's got, you know, a suitcase full of explosives and stuff. Um, but he's trying to get to Italy so he can find the company that makes this pasta machine so he can get a handle for the pasta machine. <laughs> And then it turns out she didn't even want it. <laughs> yeah, well, wasn't wasn't Nora like a party girl in season three? Yeah. Yeah, no, with Victor dead, uh, that was the whole thing. She got like drunk and had sex with Swamp Thing. Oh yeah. Can you imagine the STDs? Mm. <laughs> a bunch of rotting leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um. Poor Bane. I hope he gets to blow up the world. Yeah, I mean, he blew up the um, the pasta machine place after they told him they didn't have a replacement handle. Good for him. You know, sometimes you just need to treat yourself. Yeah. To blowing up somebody you don't like. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, so the other new movie I saw last week... Uh, because they were doing a thing of, you know, all tickets at, like, cinemas, you know, across the U.S. were $4 for National Cinema Day, a promotion from last year that they brought back to get people to go out to theaters. Um, the people I, I see movies with worked. were like, hey, we want to go see Strays. And I'm like, I, sure. You know, I hadn't actually seen 
I, I might have seen the trailer once, but I forgot about it. Um, yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it is a an R-rated talking dog comedy. Um, the, the, Jamie Foxx is like the main secondary he's not the protagonist he's like the main like the best friend character um but it's so it's like a talking dog movie where there is uh this dog what i gotta look this up i gotta get the names right um because there's uh where's the character's name okay reggie oh it was will ferrell okay um, I guess Will Ferrell's playing the main dog. Um, he ends up being named Reggie, although his his master is a just this like shitty dude who you know he, he's yeah you know, he he lives in like this like crappy house um, that's paid for by his mom, who he complains to when she doesn't send the check on time. Uh, he just, he doesn't have a job, he just, like, sits at home and masturbates and smokes pot and, uh, has two girlfriends, but they don't know that there's separate girlfriends, so, like, the inciting incident is that this dog, who he refers to as, like, shitbag, although, you know, when the dog gets friends later, they call him Reggie, um, the dog brings out like a pair of underwear that he found on the floor that belonged to the other girlfriend so that pisses off the girlfriend who leaves him and he you know blames the dog for ruining his life um and also and then he gets like an eviction notice and he's like packing up to move and the dog accidentally knocks over his bong and breaks it so he he gets really angry at the dog and decides to you like drives the dog out to the woods and throws a ball and say go fetch and then drives off and tries to abandon him uh but he keeps coming home so after trying and failing to get rid of the dog a few times he takes the dog to a city that's like three hours away has it go fetch the ball has reggie go fetch the ball leaves him um and so reggie is abandoned in the city he meets bug who is uh i don't know dog types um he's, he's another dog uh, voiced by Jamie Foxx, and they become friends, and, uh, Bug, like, shows them the ropes of being a stray living in the city, and, uh, you know, everything, um, in- introduces him to his other friends, uh, let's see, what are the names, um, is Maggie the other, uh, I don't know, um, th- there, there's, like, um, there's this hound who is, like, a, therapy dog you know different movie with a therapy dog therapy dog for like an old what do you i think he refers to it as like a dying human's home because it's like a nursing home um uh, he's like a nursing home dog and there's a, a border collie with an australian accent who um is she, she belongs to an influencer who's recently replaced her with a smaller puppy because, uh, you know, she was just there to, you know, have cute photos taken with. Um, so, then Reggie says, you know, he wants to go home to Doug, who was the, the guy who owned him, the, the shitty dude. Um, and his friends convince him, like, no, Doug doesn't love you, he abandoned you, he doesn't care about you. Uh, so then Reggie says, you know what, I, I want to go back to Doug so I can tell him how much he hurt me, and so I can bite his dick off. 
because all he cares about is dick because he masturbates all the time. Um, and so they, they agree like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go find this Doug guy and you can bite his dick off. Um, so then there's, you know, road trip, you know, of them like traveling through the woods trying to find these landmarks that the dog saw like he saw like a, f a fair but he didn't you know know how to describe it so like they find the fair and you know shenanigans happen um they you know uh the, the, there's a whole thing of um they find these mushrooms in the woods and they eat them and they start tripping out and that's i guess the thing that you know was in the trailer you know the, there's like a, a shot of them like seeing themselves turn into cartoons which only happens in this one scene but it was it, it's a pretty funny scene like they they start tripping out and seeing these like visions of things you know relevant to each character and then they find like a stuffed rabbit in a hole and they start like playing with it and throwing it around and ripping it up and then the hallucination ends and they realize it wasn't a stuffed rabbit it was a real rabbit they like ripped up a bunch of real rabbits and they're all horrified and that's the dark secret they have to carry with them is that they playfully murdered a bunch of bunnies um oh, and then it's like that robot chicken sketch with uh with anakin, and the anakin cutting the sunflowers yeah yeah except they didn't you know it was like accidental they weren't trying to yeah um disassociate yeah so and then you know like that they run in with a uh, like a police dog in the woods who's looking for a girl who's lost and then um they end up getting taken to the pound because they're all stray dogs um and uh staging a breakout where you know there's like you know the big speech to convince everyone you know that it's like you know, we should break out of here and then they all like collectively shit on the floor so that the guy will have to come in and clean it up and then they all run out when that happens um but then after they get out uh the dogs start to suspect I, somehow it comes up that reggie still cares about doug and doesn't really want to bite his dick off he just wants to go back to him um i, I think it's yeah because he like he he finds a tennis ball in at the pound and uh you know that's that's like the whole play fetch thing like he wants to bring this ball back to doug because that's what they always did um and when the other dogs see that they realize oh he doesn't actually want revenge so they briefly abandon him and um end up finding the girl who was lost in the woods and meeting up with the police dog meanwhile reggie goes back to doug's house uh doug isn't there at the moment so he like buries the tennis ball and then goes in to the house and then Doug returns home and Reggie tells him off but you know he's a dog so from Doug's perspective this dog who he's tried to get rid of multiple times is just barking at him um, and then Reggie goes to leave and Doug stops him and gets a baseball bat and tries to murder him uh, but then the other dogs show up and um, they all just you know collectively beat the shit out of Doug and then pin nice. him down on the ground and spread his legs apart and reggie rips his dick off um through the pants <laughs> so you don't see the dick but um it like that moment the there's so much build up to that but moment it, it it was the loudest laughter i've ever heard in a theater that i've been in um oh, really? this dog 
yeah, ripping a guy's dick off. That that theater was insane. Um, it was great. By the way, <laughs> you can't actually see the dick. It should be the title of this episode. Mm. Maybe. We'll, we'll see if we can beat it in however much time we have left. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, we beat that dick. <laughs> Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, he rips uh, Doug's dick off, and then they all leave, and um, and yeah. So the the, the greyhound therapy dog. He, he throughout the movie, he's been wearing a cone, and he's just been really uh, like you know quiet and demure. And any time uh, someone um, you know uh, gives him shit over anything, he just you know, he, he's non-confrontational, but he, he finds his confidence by the end. Um, the Border Collie... I, I can't remember. Like, they, they all have, you know, like the, they're like, find owners or find, like, a happy ending. Reggie decides, you know, he, he prefers being a stray who can look out for the other strays, and so then he's just, you know, showing, like, other dogs the ropes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a cute movie. It sounds like a very funny uh, adaptation of Oliver and Company. Mm. <laughs> Except with a dog instead of a cat. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's you know kind of by the numbers, but, you know, since it's R-rated, they can get away with the raunchier jokes than, uh, than most talking dog comedies could. Yeah. I should watch Homeward Bound. Mm. <laughs> Cry my eyes out. <laughs> I haven't watched that in like 20 years. Yeah, yeah, that's one that I remember watching a bunch of times like 20 years ago, but uh, not not really since. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those movies where like every kid that was alive in the 90s knows about it, Yeah, but nobody's talked about it in 20 years. Yeah. Um, was that under a Disney? I, I think so. Under the Disney umbrella, I think it was. Yeah, probably. Uh, Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey. It's on Disney Plus. So okay. Yeah, it's probably Disney. Yeah, yeah Walt Disney it, Pictures Homeward Bound. Yeah, it was just one of their live okay. action '90s movies. Okay, I, I honestly thought it would just be under the wider Disney umbrella, not that it was directly a Disney movie. Yeah. But. No, they didn't release that one through uh, uh, Miramax. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is just directly a kid's movie, so... Yeah, just... well, yeah, and they used to do more live-action stuff. Like, I guess they still yeah. do, you know, they just did that Haunted Mansion one, but... You know, they used to do more live-action stuff that wasn't either a Disney Channel original or a major blockbuster. Yeah. They, did, did they just remake the Haunted Mansion? Yeah. Movie? Yeah, there was a Haunted Mansion movie that came out this month. Um, I think Owen Wilson's in it. But um, it Weird. became 
just after the strike, the actor strike started, so no actors could promote mm. the movie. So that's why you haven't heard about it. I mean, there's a lot of movies I haven't heard about. Mm. Uh, I I don't really hear about movies <laughs> that aren't like superhero movies anymore. Yeah, uh, because I don't. Like, I used to, like, read websites and, uh, you know, like, watch movie reviewers, but half of them turned out to be pieces of shit. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I was like, no, well, I don't do that anymore. I don't read websites because it's like being on social media is just really bad for your health. Yeah. And, uh, um, Trying to read any other website is just a, a never-ending deluge of ads that, even with an ad blocker, is just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I have an ad blocker, and I the only movie news website I follow anymore is Dark Horizons, because the... You know, like, I've tried a few movie news websites, and it seems like most of them either are like opinion pieces in disguise um that just get kind of annoying to read or just you know they have like articles on things that i just don't give a shit about uh i think like the, the guy who does dark horizons he's really good at being impartial and just like telling you what the news is and you know not trying to tell you how to feel about it and um you know like the, it it just, it feels like I'm just getting, you know, news that is interesting and useful and not, um, you know, a bunch of, I don't know. I don't know. Like it, that, that's the only one I really follow aside, you know, then there's like a couple, um, uh, podcasts I listen to for like reviews that, you know, have generally been good. Like I don't listen to every episode of Talk from Superheroes. I can, I've gotten to the point, I can usually tell pretty early in the episode if, you know, the reviewers are going to annoy me or not. They're not bad people, but it's just, uh, sometimes it's like, oh, you love this thing that I don't like, I'm probably not going to enjoy this, or uh, you yeah. don't love this movie that I do like, and I don't really need to hear why. Uh, yeah, like, it, it... Someone who is both like extremely opinionated and also disagrees with me mm. it's just uh you know not someone i, I want to listen like i can listen to people say bad things about things i like yeah um as long as they're not you know like shooting for the moon mm. with how much they're overreacting yeah um because like i I don't like half the things I like, apparently. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I can handle that. Yeah, like, like Weekly Planet has been uh, um, pretty good about, um, um, you know, like, 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 they'll have their opinion on a thing, but it's not like that's the absolute on whether it's, you know, good or bad or, you know, whether you should like it or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's, like, the other podcasts I listen to. Weekly Planet, they're usually 
pretty good about just having like fun takes on things. I used to listen to a lot more podcasts, um, and then I started really appreciating video game music, so I stopped just muting while I played. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I mostly so, listen at work. Yeah, I I try to, but I always get interrupted, so... Mm. So I, I can't keep up with the 300... <laughs> YouTube uh, channels I've subscribed to. Mm. Yeah, the I don't mostly bullshit they talk about. Yeah, like like for like YouTube movie reviews, I, I think I only follow um, Red Letter Media now, and I don't always agree with them, but like they're they're usually funny, and they do a lot of stuff where they're just talking about like old movies or obs- like old obscure. Like, funny, crappy movies? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't know if I follow any channels that are, like, dedicated to movie reviews anymore. Mm. Oh, and also The Flop House is another podcast, but that one... Because two of them are, you know, Writers Guild members, they've started, you know, just talking about, like, older movies because, you know, they don't want to support, um... You know, any of the current studios until the strikes end. Yeah. It, it's it's funny how wide-ranging those things are. Mm. Um, like, I, I wonder how long it is until, like, there's just, a, like, huge holes in release schedules. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're already starting to see you, things getting delayed. Yeah. But, but, like, most of the things coming out now were probably already in, like, post-production. Yeah. Um, yeah, the but, th- it started. but then this thing, you know, like, Dune Part 2 was supposed to come out in October, and, you know, the filming's all done, but because the actors can't promote it, uh, they are pushing it back till next year. And it seems like that might happen with other things, too, that... You know, if the movie, like, I, I could say, like, maybe the the Marvels might still get released, even if the actors aren't allowed to promote it, because Marvel things have their own buzz that, you know, doesn't need that extra push, but, yeah. you know, some other, you know, th- there's been, like, the, the Ninja Turtles movie that just came out this month, um, it's doing pretty well, I think, but it's estimated it's lost about 15% of what it could have had if, uh, the actors had been able to talk about it. You know, that that loss of promotion hurts more, uh, you know, the less known uh, project is. Yeah. Yeah, I think especially with movies that would do well with kids, like, it, it it's... Like, it, it's harder to advertise uh, what am I trying to say I don't know how to say what I'm thinking mm. um, I'm, 
I'm very tired. <laughs> yeah, no, this, is, this is one of those slow episodes. Should we just do a tier list or something? Because that'll give us a focus to talk about. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Pikmin. Oh, right. Yep, uh, yep all the mins. Because I, 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 I picked a lot of mins. Mm. Um, actually, you, you barely have to pick any Pikmin. Mm. Most of them just appear. Okay. I mean, um, I, I've played 1, 2, and 3. And I'll play 4 eventually. Like RTS games aren't really my favorite. But from what I've heard of 4, it sounds more... You know, like, of 1, 2, and 3, I like 2 the best. Because 2 is the one where you... Like, you basically have unlimited days to do whatever you want. There's no... It doesn't have the pressure... Uh, like one is the worst pressure wise because you've got 30 days and then you're dead um and then three it it's not bad but you have to make sure you're collecting fruit every day or every you know couple days otherwise you will run out of time and die um but two you, you just you have as many days as you want to go explore and collect pikmin and solve puzzles and find things and bring them back to your ship. I guess 4 is more like 2 than anything then. Yeah, what from what I've heard of 4 it might be even more forgiving than 2. Yeah, like the, there's a whenever you get into a, a level that there's a time limit but it doesn't matter at all. It just adds when it's over it just adds 1 to your day count. Mm. Um and there's no indication that there's any type of limit to it. Yeah, and if anything, I mean, do, do they it, still make you like, have to get all your Pikmin back to the ship or else they're left behind and they die? Um, they either need to be by the ship or they need to be in your group. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, how it is in all the other ones. Yeah. So like you can you can send them to pick something up and they'll stay by the ship and they'll be okay. Yeah. Or you, you can just, like, walk around and explore and defeat enemies um, up until the time limit, and you'll be perfectly fine. Okay. As long as none of them are stuck in between. Yeah. Like, usually um, when I have one die, good. it's because, like, I threw it at a thing, or I, I threw it at a thing where it would bring it to the ship and then go back to that spot because it was, you know, like a, a pile of items, and then I didn't remember to go back and grab those guys before the timer ran out yeah like i'm i'm pretty sure i'm like at the end of the game um and i've only left behind like single digit pikmin um like it, it's it's barely a thing mm. um especially because there's so many ways of rounding them up um like as you as you go and you collect like little rocks, which is basically like a currency, mm. you get a upgrade system, and there's a you know devices where like hey you can call every Pikmin that isn't doing something will just come straight to where you are. Okay. Um, it doesn't matter where they are on the map; they'll try to get to you. And the only reason they won't get to you eventually is if like they physically can't. Yeah, if they're like stuck in a gorge or something and need you to go yeah. down there and throw them out. Yeah, and uh, you have a dog friend, mm. um, 
named Ochi, who is the most precious thing ever. Mm. Um, I love Ochi. Um, and he's the best part of the game. Mm. Uh, like you can you can ride him, and all the Pikmin ride on his back. Um, so it's a lot easier to keep track of them. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, any anything trying to get to a group of Pikmin will find a lot harder when they're all you know grouped together in one spot. Yeah, yeah, you um, don't have that part where it's like you're walking and you got a group following you and then something like a either a beetle spring, springs up out of the ground and grabs one or one of them wanders off to go poke at a flower and now you have to go back and tell them to get back with the group. Yeah. Yeah, they're all in one spot, so uh you know, unless something attacks you directly which you have direct control over and you can, you know, try to get away from it. Um, everything is good. Um, but you can also send Ochi out, uh, by himself. Um, and he can also control and throw Pikmin and whistle for them. Okay, so, um, so you have your captain and Ochi. Do you have other multiple captains, or just those two? Just the two, Okay. but there's also the, the second player option. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw, I, I just watched a random video on YouTube of Pikmin 4, mm. and it's like, hey, did you know that if you use the survey drone that lets you, um, look around the map, um, anywhere, it, it's another upgrade item, like the one that can call the Pikmin to you, mm. um, then the, the survey drone basically turns into an attack helicopter, okay. um, because the, the second player can throw rocks at enemies endlessly. Mm. Um, so, like, they can use the drone, and uh, the first player can use the drone, and the second player can just throw rocks at every enemy on the map mm. um, and take out any anything that's not hidden um, without even getting close to it. Oh, yeah, because the, the is this, I've heard the second player, it's like... Like Mario Galaxy, where it's, you can have a second yeah. player, but they just have a remote, they point at the screen, and they shoot things. Yeah, it's a little sibling mode, yeah. basically. Um, like, I was tempted to try it, but also, like, that sounds like a waste of time, honestly. Yeah, because I know, like, Three's gimmick was that um, they had... Um, three captain like three separate captains and you could like switch between them and have them like command squads or like throw each other you could have like one captain throw another captain onto a higher ledge and then throw a group up and then you switch to that captain and they move stuff around but i mean it sounds nice that they only have the two because it, it gets really complicated when you have to be like switching between yeah. captains and like who's in control of what group and honestly, it's already kind of annoying with Ochi, just because it, the controls are a little awkward switching between them. Um, because, like, it's not a one-button switch. Well, you could... You, you can, like, quick map it to a one-button switch, but on default, it's like, hold the command button and then go to it and then switch. It, it, it's a it's a little awkward. It, like, breaks the flow. Mm. Um but also, 
Ochi is super powerful. <laughs> uh, like he he starts uh, pretty weak, but every time you uh, rescue somebody, he gets an upgrade point. Um, and by the end of the game, like he could just tank pretty much anything, anything that isn't like an actual mini boss. He'll just tank it and destroy it. Um, and he can bring home the equivalent of uh, 100 Pikmin uh, in weight by himself. Um, he has a charge move that can stun enemies, and then all the Pikmin uh, that are on his back just jump right onto the enemy. So it, it's like you can you can take out most enemies with just like one full Pikmin charge. Um, like it, it's the game is really easy. Mm. Like I I haven't played any of the other Pikmin games, but from what I've seen, like it's really easy even by those standards. Well, yeah, the other games um, aren't you know known for being easy. Okay, like they're, they're you know probably not as hardcore as other RTS games, but like. I mean, they're mostly hard because of the, like the time limits, but even then, it's still yeah. Like what made two easier than the others was that you could like just spend a day growing more Pikmin, um, because you had un unlimited days. Uh, the yeah, yeah. you could just like I'm gonna take this day off and just grow a whole bunch of Pikmin to make up for all the ones I've lost, and then have a you know full squad of whatever colors I need next time. Yeah, what I found interesting is that it, like, at at the end of the at the end of the game. Well, I mean, I'm not, I haven't technically finished it yet, but I'm really close to the end. I've got like fifteen hundred Pikmin, mm. uh, like, a, there's like eight different types. I don't know how many there was in the last game. It varies, uh, but usually there's like five to seven, I guess maybe. Like, there's there's the yeah. three main ones: red, blue, and yellow. Uh, which have been around since the first game. Second game introduced, I think, purple and white. Uh, and then the third yeah. game took out purple and white, although you might be able to get them in some modes. But they, they replaced them with rock and pink. Because it's like red are like the fighters who are fireproof. Yellow are like the long-range throwers and they're electric-proof. The water ones are... Or the blue ones are waterproof. Um, the white ones are small and fast and poisonous. The um, black or the the purple ones are uh, like big and heavy, and they can like carry heavy objects. Um, the pink ones are small and quick, and they fly. Uh, and then the rock ones are basically the pink and the rock are like the white and the purple like the rock ones are they can carry heavy things and you can throw them at things to break things yeah so i guess yeah they had three five and five types all of all of those are in pikmin 4 and there's an ice pikmin okay where, they did all seven um yeah um there and there's like there's a there's the blue Pikmin and there's an ice Pikmin. Okay. Where, um, 
like if you throw enough in a body of water, it'll freeze, mm. and any enemy in it will freeze. Okay. And if they're if they're above, if they were like halfway above the water, they'll be frozen indefinitely. Mm. So you can just wail on them until they're dead. Okay. Um. And uh, something else that makes the game even easier is if you throw enough ice pikmin at an enemy, they'll freeze. Um. And and then you just throw a just be stunned. at them until they break. Yeah, yeah. The, every other Pikmin can just wail on them for like a good three to five seconds mm. before they break out. Um, yeah, like it. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be hard, but I wasn't expecting it to be barely any challenge. Mm. Outside of a few. Bosses. Do they reference Olimar or Louis at all? Um, both. Um, so the the story of Pikmin Four is that um, Olimar stuck on the planet. Uh, I don't. I don't know if any of it is within continuity. Like, I, I don't know if there is a... I mean, this like, kind of a loose... Solid. Con like, the, the first one was it's single player, and it's Olimar, who, it, you know, his name is Mario Scrambled, but with an L in it. Um, Olimar uh, is sent to... He, he's part of this, like, space shipping company or something. He, he ends up, like, on this planet... Where his, his like ship it's crashed and all the pieces are everywhere and he's got thirty days to f you know collect all the pieces and put his ship back together or at least collect enough of them yeah. to get his ship flight worthy and that counts as winning. Um, the second game he is you know the company he works for sucks and they send him and his partner Louie back to the planet to go gather more resources which end up being basically like bottle caps and like little everyday objects and like a game boy and stuff you know just like fun little because he's a mini he's like a, a centimeter tall he's in this world of like giant you know human world objects that you're collecting for profit um third game there's a different crew i think they're from the same planet but they're uh they're not affiliated with the Hakatate Freight Company, um, who end up traveling to the planet, uh, you know, the Earth-like planet, where uh, all of like Louis shows up at one point, but and you, you like he's like comatose, but then he wakes up and he steals like all your supplies because he sucks. Um, and you have to go chase him down and get your supplies back, and then Olimar I think turns up, yeah, like he was like captured by the final boss of the game or something and you rescue him. So I uh, guess it's in, so in continuity. In Pikmin two you you play as Olimar again? Yeah, Pikmin two you're playing as Olimar and Louie because they had okay. two player mode, I think. And then Pikmin three, you're playing as three new characters, but also Louie and Olimar show up. Okay. Um in Pikmin Four, like there's a there's a little prologue where you play as Olimar, um, and then you get the full story of like, hey, Olimar is stuck on this planet, um, and 
there's like a, a rescue force that was sent to the planet to uh, find Alamar, but their ship crashes. Um, and so, like, the the only part of the rescue crew that didn't go was, like, a trainee, and that is the player and their uh, custom player character. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, to do a custom. I might have to buy yeah. this game. I, I'd put this game on my Christmas list, but I might just buy it earlier than that. It is really satisfying and addictive. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so so yeah, the uh, you arrive there and uh, like right when you land, you find Ochi, the the rescue pup that was with the rescue crew, um, and the two of you together find. Uh, but the captain and the comms officer of the rescue crew, which is kind of like the tutorial slash, uh, you know, guy in the chair, um, characters, mm. uh, like they, they basically tell you everything to do, um, throughout the game. Like the, the start is really slow. Like they tutorialize everything, um kind of annoying it doesn't last too long though you just kind of have to like power through the first 45 minutes to an hour mm. um you know with all the i mean it, it's a children's game but like <laughs> i wish you could just skip it all like and just start uh in the first area um so yeah you you rescue those two and uh, then eventually you finally end up in the first area. Um, so the ship you arrived in is the only one that works. Um, and the ship the rescue crew came in is broken and needs repairs. So you, you need to find the mechanic slash scientist who can fix it. Um, so you go to the first area where there's distress signals to try to find the rescue crew. Um, and, yeah, you find, like, the scientist who can help fix the ship and uh, make upgrades for you. Um, but it also turns out that there's a bunch of people, like, just random civilians who went to the planet because it turns out Olimar put out a distress signal. Um, it was like, hey, there's a new planet which, with a bunch of stuff on it, and a lot of people showed up, uh, like researchers or uh, like documentary makers, and just a bunch of random people too. Mm. Um, and as the rescue crew, your job is to rescue all of them. Um, so that's like the secondary goal. Um, and you need to find treasures, which is, uh, like, like you said before, like either fruit or like little art statues or, you know, Game Boys, little music players, uh, just a bunch of random crap, um, to obtain Sparklium, which is like apparently the power source for the rescue ship that okay. it lets you get to new areas, um, and find new distress signals. 
Um, so, so the main way you progress is by going through caves in the in the the stages, and uh, you know they're they're basically just like little mini challenges where there's a bunch of treasures and enemies, uh, and that's usually how you find new Pikmin. Um, because at first you only have red, then you find like the yellow and then the blue onions. Um, and then you beat the first part of the game and you can find all the specialized Pikmin. Um, so you can make all of them. Um, but it, it turns out there's a, there's a, a leafy person, um, like it's pretty obvious it's Alamar, because <laughs> uh, first of all, like the there's a green dog, kind of like Ochi, who is with them in the prologue, that follows the the big red leafy guy around, and he has like the the same uh, deep voice uh, that Alamar has when they they do the little like similar talking thing. Mm. Um, and uh yeah he's he's taking all the survivors and turning them into leaflings uh and eventually like once you find the the doctor um you have night expeditions uh where you, instead of going out during the day you go out at night and it's like a kind of like a tower defense thing where you have a new pikmin called glow pikmin which are okay. like super powered Pikmin that only exist at night. Um, yeah, I remember seeing something where like, you can play at night now instead of uh, yeah having to go back to your ship and wait for the next day. Yeah, the, the only thing is that at night you can't really explore um, because there's a there's like a, a base you need to protect um, to win. Okay. And uh, like a tower defense thing, or... yeah, it, it's not quite a tower defense because the only control you have is really over your Pikmin and Ochi. Mm. Um, but I mean, if you up, if you upgrade Ochi enough, he's like indestructible against anything that isn't huge. Okay, so you could just tell him to like defend defend the spot, and any anything small he'll take care of pretty easy. Mm. While you you go out and. Uh, like collect uh, little marbles or whatever to get more glow pikmin, mm. um, and when you have glow pikmin, you can you can do a like a supercharge attack that um, you basically collect all the pikmin in your party, and uh, they go into like a big glow ball, and then it explodes and it blinds and stuns any enemies that are near, and all the pikmin that are in the ball. Just come out and latch on to uh, any enemy that was affected and beats the shit out of them. So it's like that the glow Pikmin are super powerful, but also you're you're under a very strict, um, you know, like you're you're constantly in danger because there's constantly enemies coming to uh, destroy your base. Um, so you need to go out and collect enough stuff to make enough Pikmin, but you also need to, you know, not go too far away to where you can't defend it and you lose. 
Mm. Um, I really like the night. Uh, it's pretty fun. Um, especially when it gets later and you have two you need to protect, so you're kind of swapping in between them. Um, it is fun, though. Um, and after you do that, you can cure the leaflings. Uh, and, yeah, eventually you cure Alamar, obviously. Um, and you, you can play, like, an abbreviated version of the first game where there's, like, a strict 15-day limit. And you have to collect all of Alamar's uh, ship parts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't. Because the 30 day limit on the first one feels like it's too many days. You know, probably because it was like one of the. If it wasn't a launch game for GameCube, it was like first year for GameCube. Um, it's like they wanted to make it a full experience, but they also wanted. You know. I don't know, like, th 30 days, I don't know how much that equates to in real time, but it just feels like it's too long for what ends up being an experience that you're supposed to play over and over. Yeah. Like, at least yeah. Luigi's yeah. Mansion, you know, it's got four sections, it's pretty short, you could beat the game in a couple hours, and then play it again and play it again, but... With 30 days, it just, it's like you, you screw up too many times, and now it feels like you're just wasting your time continuing to play it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I know what you mean. It's like too long for like a roguelike yeah. uh, run system. Yeah, I, I don't know if 15 it, days it, is even, you know, too long for that. It, it's, it's a lot better. I mean, I, I did the thing in a couple hours. Um, okay. Yeah, that's like not the, bad. Like that, that section. Yeah. Um, I think I did it in 12 days. Um, it's not... It's not super hard. Okay, so yeah, because um, like, the only way I beat Pikmin 1 was like looking up a guide that told me like where to find the things and how many days, that, you know, like on this day you should go to this place and make sure you get this and this and, you know, you don't have a lot of wiggle room to make mistakes or even like discover things and try to figure like puzzle out yourself how to get yeah. it you just have to know how to get it because if you waste too much time you're gonna lose yeah well the the thing with pikmin 4 too is like the the dog that's with you um o ochi like you can tell him hey look find an onion mm. and he'll he'll automatically uh forge a path to the nearest onion oh. um whether it's one of the ones for new Pikmin or the ones that um, let you get more Pikmin in your party. Mm. Um, so, like, if once you find the dog in Alamar's story, um, you can do the same thing. Um, so you could basically get more efficient faster to where, like, finding ship parts is like, okay, I got here, just, and now they're just bringing it home. Make it real quick and easy um oh and also as you find ship parts you get upgrades uh like from the main the main story so like the the first one you get uh like might give you the the upgrade where you can have any pikmin that is idle uh come straight to your location mm. um so you're, you're getting like it gets easier as you go <laughs> 
basically, because you you start with almost nothing, um, but then later you're uh, you know you're basically where you are in the main game where you have so many tools that it, it's just like, what do I feel like doing? Um, um, and yeah, after the after the in the main story after the Alamar subplot, like after you finally beat him. Um, oh yeah, because there's also competitive uh, Pikmin battles, um, where like one of the one of the leaflings uh, will challenge you to collect more stuff um, than they do in a certain time limit, and it's like just a little like a little multiplayer arena. There will be like a you know a bunch of fruit, a bunch of uh, Pikmin flowers, a bunch of uh, enemies of different types uh, and whoever collects the most weight uh, wins in the end. Um, so after you beat Olimar in that, in that enough times uh, you can take him back to base and cure him. Uh, and then that's when Louis shows up and <laughs> Louis just like doing random shit talking about how much he loves eating all the creatures that he beats. Mm. Um, and I haven't... I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know the resolution to that. But I, I assume... Like, he just finds a creature that beats the shit out of him, and I have to rescue him. Probably. Yeah, Louis just kind of an idiot. Yeah. Like a greedy like idiot. He, he, he barely ever says anything. He just, like does shit yeah. <laughs> it doesn't explain himself yeah yeah because like when he shows up in the third game he you rescue him and then he steals all your food and then you find him and it turns out he's eaten most of it yeah yeah and uh in pikmin 4 like he doesn't show up until but there's like a fake out ending where, you know, oh, hey, you rescued Alamar. Um, um, so, you know, you and the rescue crew and everybody you rescued leave the planet. Yeah, the credits don't start get, rolling. Don't you get and sick? He says, like, directed by Red Pikmin and produced by Blue Pikmin. <laughs> no, like, there, there's an actual credit sequence. Um, but, yeah, so. There's an actual credit sequence, and Moss, the green dog that was with Olimar, um, it's just like, there's, so during the credit sequence, uh, like the, the camera's on just like a, you know, a nice little area of the garden where, you know, there's a bunch of Pikmin just out running around having fun, mm. um, and it, it switches over to night, and there's just a bunch of, you know, some of the monsters you beat just walking around uh living life um and then at the end of the credits it goes back to day and then moss the, the green dog that was at the alamar shows up and finds louis and so now uh moss is obeying louis commands uh which as you know he's a dick yeah. so so yeah he's the new antagonist now mm. um because when you and the rescue crew go to leave, uh, 
Ochi gets really sick, um, and his tail turns into a leaf, like a Pikmin head. Okay. Um, so it's, he presumably is, uh, like, sick with something, uh, to do with the planet, so they go back and try to cure him. Mm. That's when you find Louie and you have to beat him up a few times. Mm. And now, the the place where I stopped, I was in like a super deep cave. It's like 20 layers deep um, that I just haven't gotten all the way through yet. Mm. But it's really fun. Like, it's just really addictive, like collecting things, uh, you know, controlling Pikmin with their cute little noises. Mm. And then you make a mistake and like eight of them get eaten and it's really sad. Yeah. But you can also rewind time if you make a mistake. Oh, uh, okay, that's new. So, so like if if you're wandering around and you get in a fight, and like eight eight Pikmin die, or you know, if eighty Pikmin die, it doesn't really matter. You can just rewind time, and it'll say like, you know, two minutes ago, uh, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll go back two minutes. Um, and then, yeah, it just erases all your progress that you made from that point, and uh, huh. so you can keep going. Okay. Yeah, they must have gotten too many complaints about people being sad when they're Pikmin yeah. It's really forgiving. Um, yeah, because it used to be, I mean, even with like, Pikmin 2, it's like, yeah, sure, you have a bunch of Pikmin die, and then you spend some time growing new ones to, to make up for that and get your squad back up for uh, the next time you venture out with that because you just kind of have to expect them to die from especially like the big boss fights and stuff you're just throwing waves of them at these things to try to take them down yeah, yeah i mean like i haven't played the old games but i i've seen them and like there's so many like safer ways to attack mm. <laughs> um, in in four, so like you don't you don't lose like dozens of them at a time, like you did usually. Like some of the the actual bosses are like are it's really hard not to lose any. Yeah. But you know, like regular big enemies, like the I, I think they called like bulbors oh, or yeah, something the like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like the, you run up behind the, them, the you throw ones. a bunch on their back, and then they shake them off and then start munching them off the ground. Yeah. I mean, with, with Ochi, you just, you know, get a ton of Pikmin on on his back, you ch- you charge at them, um, and it the enemy is stunned for a second, and at, at that point, like, all, you know, between 20 and 100 Pikmin on Ochi's back are already latched on and attacking. Mm. Like by the by the time the creature is is stopped being stunned, like it's already dead ten times over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's. I wasn't prepared for how easy <laughs> it it would be to be honest. Mm. Like like there's definitely parts that are harder. It's just uh. You know, I wasn't. I was expecting to go through, <laughs> you know, like with. The, the corpses of hundreds of Pikmin behind me. Um, but I will go back and play the first few Pikmin games. Um, 
So maybe I'll get a taste of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, 3 has already been ported to Switch, and 1 and 2 are getting ported to Switch later this year. Yeah. I wonder if... But Hey Pikmin well, I mean, for 3DS games. probably won't. That one's just like a side-scrolling platformer Pikmin game. Oh, okay. So it's not. Nah, it's it's, quite it's the not same. like a regular. It was just a spin-off they did on uh, on 3ds. Okay. So anyway, Pikmin Four, very fun, um, very addictive. I I haven't done a damn thing with my free time in the past week other than play Pikmin Four. Mm. Um, and like I don't. I don't have an urge to, you know, compete with other players in, in the, the fights, but if somebody asked me to, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Oh, if there's uh, an um, online multiplayer mode? or something. Yeah, it, it's it's just competitive. Just like, you know, kind of like in the story where uh, they challenge you to a, a fight, and it's like, you start... You each have dogs, and you start with five Pikmin each. Mm. Um, and yeah, you either you could either usually start by like a you know getting all the Pikmin flowers that are around you to get more Pikmin, or just go straight for uh, creatures um, and bring them back, which also gets you more Pikmin. Uh, to collect bigger things. And there's like items, uh, kind of like uh, Mario Kart, where it's random. Um, but you can like... There, there's a, like a super bomb item where like if you bring it to your enemy's base, uh, they lose a bunch of points. Um, and you can drag those points back and steal it from them. Mm. Uh, it's it's interesting. Like, like I said, like I I would never like get into it um, because like it, it might be my least favorite part of the game, but it's still pretty fun. Mm. But it's 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 also like the hardest, <laughs> the hardest. I I the only time I legitimately failed was in one of those where I just didn't get enough points fast enough. Yeah, you're playing against actual humans instead of a very forgiving computer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very fun. If you think you'd like Pikmin 4, you probably will. Mm. I ordered it while we were talking. <laughs> it will be here Tuesday, apparently. I'm happy for you. Um, like I said, like the, the beginning is kind of annoying, but aside from that, I I just haven't been able to keep my hands off of it for any significant amount of time. Mm. Um, I really do want to play the earlier ones now, even if, uh, like, especially because actually, I mean, I'd, because they they probably won't be nearly as optimized. Okay, then, yeah, two um, and three are harder. probably still like two, just because you have as many days as you need. And three, because as long as you are, you know, getting, like, a fruit thing every day or two, you... The, the way it works in three is, uh... 
you your days are limited by your food supply and you're collecting fruit which is then turned into juice which is then bottled and the bottles tell you how many days you have left so as long as you're you know making steady progress finding and bringing f fruit back to your ship it i you know i the only time i even got close to running out of days in three is when louis stole all my food because that happens at a point in the story where it's like oh you you've got like a steady lead you, you've got like a good supply and you, you're feeling confident and then louis comes in to fuck the whole thing up um so two two and three are both you know you know fair and fun uh one i would definitely say you know if you don't want to get the bad ending where Olimar gets turned into a plant because he's uh, stuck on the planet and can't leave, um, you know, you'd have to like look up a guide and you know follow that for making sure you get all the enough of the ship parts in a a short enough amount of time. I, I wonder if that's where they got the idea for leaflings from, like. Basically, the bad ending happened, so you have to rescue Olimar from that. Yeah, probably. Because I remember, really, I think the the bad ending of the first game is Olimar gets stuck on the planet, and I don't know if he died or something. But like the the Pikmin the Pikmin plant him, and he um end up uh, he he ends up becoming okay. I'm I'm looking it up now. Pikmin endings. Um. The Nintendo Wiki page for endings of Pikmin. Um, let's see, the good ending. If you get all 30 ship parts before day 30, you see the happy ending. You need to defeat Emperor Bulblax and get the secret safe back to the, the Dolphin, which was the original ship. Um, let's see. Uh, end of, let's see, Olimar jumps with joy. It turns to nighttime. At the end of the day, Olimar looks to the Pikmin while they tilt their heads in confusion. Then Olimar waves, and the Pikmin tilt their heads in the opposite direction. Okay, wow, the, the writing on this wiki is terrible. They couldn't even spell the word opposite right. O-P-P-I-S-I-T-E. Opposite. 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 Um, yeah, the opposite direction. Olimar sighs, then the SS Dolphin sucks him in and as the ship begins to launch, the Pikmin attack a red bull borb that walks by. Um, yeah, so the Pikmin have learned to defend themselves, is how the good ending goes. The average ending, you have to get a minimum of 25, but not all 30 ship parts. Um, and then Olimar flies off, and there's one yellow, red, and blue Pikmin staring up at the sky, uh, watching him leave. And then the bad ending, if you don't get at least 25 ship parts, um, Olimar will realize he cannot live on the planet any longer. He'll try to take off with one of each type of Pikmin looking up at him. The ship will spin several times, then the main engine will explode, causing him to fall. The Pikmin find his unconscious-slash-dead body and carry him to the Onion, which will produce Pikmar, the Olimar Pikmin. Um... Yeah, so they, they okay. find his dead body, they feed it to the onion, and it spits him out, and he is planted in the ground as a Pikmin. Okay, so that must be... Pikmin 4 must be the sequel to the bad end. Then, oh, where, in, in the split timeline uh, theory of uh, Pikmin. The, 
Yeah. As this is following off yeah. of the third ending of Pikmin 1. <laughs> well, Alamar gets sucked into an onion. Yeah. Gets turned into a, a I, I don't know what creatures they are, but gets turned into a Pikmin hybrid. Yeah. Um, that they named a leafling in this game. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. That's neat. Um, I really hope you like it because I talked it up enough. It's very fun. Mm. Um, like I said, it's also just kind of more chill than I had expected, um, given the reputation of the first Pikmin. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The f I mean, the first one is mostly just like the day's limit that makes it really tough. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, Pikmin is like the Nintendo kid-friendly version of an RTS game. Yeah. Um, also, you don't spend much time like specifically growing Pikmin. Like the only, uh, aside from like the the fights where you you know you try to collect as many as quickly as possible to to get an edge. It's like the the start of the Alamar story, um, where you basically start out with nothing. It's like the only time I had to like really, uh, you know, like purposefully build up <laughs> uh, my army of Pikmin. Because mm. um, I mean, otherwise, like you know, you're you're just you're fighting creatures, and every time you you fight some. Um, you know, they more Pikmin grow from the corpses of your enemies. Mm. So, and like like I said, you you don't if you strategize, you don't really lose that many. And even if you do lose enough, like if you want, you can just go ahead and rewind, so you don't lose that many. Mm. Yeah, I was uh, just looking at the yeah. plot summaries of. Pikmin 2 and 3 on uh, Wikipedia. I didn't think I'd be talking about Pikmin for like over a half mm. hour. Uh, but it's been like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. So the plot of Pikmin 2. Moments after the events of Pikmin, Captain Olimar returns to his home planet of Hakatate. He learns the Hakatate Freight's president. Uh, from Hawketate Freight's president, that due to his co-worker Louie losing a shipment of golden pick-pick carrots to a quote-unquote space rabbit, the company was forced to take out a massive loan to cover the loss. As a result, Hawketate Freight now suffers from severe debt of Pocos, the planet's currency, and Olimar's ship, the only valuable object they had, is sold off. The remaining debt is 10,100 Pocos, with nothing to pay it off. When Olimar drops the bottle cap he brought back from the planet that he was going to give to his son, a nearby ship reveals it to be a treasure with considerable value. The money from these treasures is enough to start paying off the debt, which is now reduced to 10,000. The company president decides to send Olimar and Louis to the planet to find more treasure to help pay off the debt. 
Upon arriving on the Pikmin planet, Olimar and Louie are initially separated, but reunite after working to, with the local red Pikmin population. In the process of finding treasure, they encounter white and purple Pikmin. Um, after finding enough treasure, Olimar takes off for Hakate, only to realize mid-flight that Louie was accidentally left behind. Though the debt is cleared upon Olimar's suggestion, the president decides that they must return to find treasures and help strengthen the company's finances. And uh, he joins Olimar on his return trip to the Pikmin plant to find Louie. So, the president is temporarily your sidekick second captain. Um... Eventually, the pair encounters Louie in the Dream Den atop a giant elemental creature called the Titan Dweevil that can harness the ability to switch between using fire, water, poison, and electricity through treasures. Uh, after defeating the creature, Olimar and the President retrieve Louie and, and the final treasures and depart the planet, leaving the Pikmin behind. In a special epilogue, it is revealed that Louie ate the entire shipment of Pik Pik brand carrots he was delivering and falsified his report to the President. Uh, thus causing the events of the game. So, Louis sucks. Um, yeah, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah, that's the game that introduced him. Uh, Pikmin 3. In the year 20XX, the inhabitants of planet Kopai are suffering <laughs> from famine as a result of, quote, booming population, booming appetites, and a basic lack of planning. Having scouted multiple planets with their Spiro ships to find one with resources, one returns positive after scouting the Pikmin planet, which they call PNF-404. Uh, it has an abundance of cultivatable food, and so three Copite captains are sent to explore the planet and retrieve the food sources that will save their planet. The engineer Elf, <laughs> the botanist Brittany, and the captain Charlie. I thought that was just a joke <laughs> in Pikmin 4. Like, like PNF uh, planet oh, four, not four. found yeah, four, planet four, four, yeah. four yeah that's what they named it in three yeah, um, that's hilarious. however upon landing on the planet their ship the SS Drake malfunctions and crash lands separating the three Charlie falls to the distant tundra and meets the yellow Pikmin but is eaten by the vehemoth Fosbat Alf awakens in the tropical wilds and meets the Red Pikmin who help him recover their ship. Alf learns that the Cosmic Drive Key, which is required to warp back to Kopai, has disappeared following the crash. Alf finds Brittany in the Garden of Hope and rescues her with the help of the Rock Pikmin, and they rescue Charlie after the SS Drake crashes in the distant tundra and Brittany discovers the Yellow Pikmin. The trio recover some of Captain Olimar's lost data files and find out that he has the key, having mistakenly thought it was a treasure. Later, they mistakenly rescue Louis from the Twilight River after receiving his SOS message that was meant for Olimar. He steals their food and Charlie's rubber duck and escapes to... Um, him and Olimar's destroyed spaceship in the Garden of Hope. They retrieve and interrogate him, and he tells them that Olimar is at the formidable oak. They are the captains, and Pikmin defeat a mysterious life form known as the Plasm Wraith to save Olimar, and he returns the Cosmic Drive Key. The three of them use the key for the ship, offering Olimar and Louis a ride back to Hakate as they return home. Uh, oh, and they return as the Pikmin wave goodbye. Um, the game's ending varies based on the number of fruit the player retrieved during the game. If the player collects all the fruits, the narrator states that the three have successfully completed their mission to restore life in Kopai, and the SS Drake's crash landing may have not have been an accident. 
you know, post-credit scenes, some Pikmin see a flaming object falling to the ground and run to it. An additional story in Pikmin 3 Deluxe, Olimar's comeback, reveals the object to be a pod containing Olimar and Louie, who were sent back to the planet by the president of Hakate Freight once again to retrieve and repair the destroyed spaceship they left behind. So, yeah. So it's like a side plot in 3 that also just happens to feature Olimar and Louie being worked to death again yeah and then there's also, the post credit up, yeah the dog just straight up gets eaten yeah oh yeah he got nice. eaten but then they rescued him yeah but it's more funny if he does mm. <laughs> it's a game for kids so it's more funny if something horrible happens mm. yeah, pikmin 3 originally released on the wii u a game system that definitely existed. Are you sure? I am not. I'm still not convinced. I'm looking at one right now. I don't believe you. Uh, no, it's it's still sitting next to my TV, even though I haven't played it in years. That's how I feel about my PS5. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all my game systems. I just don't really care about games that much anymore i don't know it's weird it's like so so many game series are like really important to me but just newer games by and large i don't really care you know i had fun with uh tears of the kingdom you know for like a month and like pikmin 4 sounds fun but but otherwise you know i i can't even be bothered to plug my xbox back in because i was getting annoyed with how often it would like turn itself on to update yeah yeah like i, I forget which playstation it was but there was one i think it was the ps4 where like it would it would like update at a random time in the middle of the night like this big blue light yeah it just like strobe on yeah the xbox like, one does that it just it it has this white Xbox light, and sometimes it's just, oh, it's on. Like, why is it on? I didn't turn it on. Yeah. So wake up at, like, 3 a.m. No, it must have been the PS3, because the, the fan on that thing was so fucking loud. Mm. It's like, I, I just wake up at, like, 3 a.m. to this, like, jet it, jet uh, plane taking off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if it's blue, that's even worse because like uh, blue light just naturally wakes you up. Yeah, you know that like, just you know some instinct about how like the sky is blue. So if you see like a a light that's blue, then your brain wakes up. Like red and yeah. green lights are okay. You know, I've had both of those on like digital clocks, and they don't really do anything to wake me up. Yeah. I want to play Pikmin again. Mm. Well, we're up to two hours, you know, before yeah. edits, so. I need to finish it. Mm. I need to kick Louie's ass one more time. Yeah. Or rescue him, maybe. Yeah. I sure just noticed. The only other thing I had in my topics list was Ahsoka, and it's it, we're three episodes in, and it feels like nothing's nothing important's really happening. It's just, yeah. eh. I don't know. It's season four. Oh no, I guess season five of Rebels. 
but live action, basically. And also not episodic, it's, you know, trying to tell like a continuous story. It looks, like, visually it looks really nice, but it just does the story, there's like nothing happening, and the dialogue has a lot of those feloniisms of like Clone Wars and Rebels <laughs> of just people saying way too much. You could, you know, condense this dialogue. Like yeah. you don't need to have like all your, you know, thoughtful insights on whatever. Or you I know, think I'm done with Star Wars based on uh, like established characters. Like, mm. just give me something new, and maybe I'll be into it. Maybe I won't. Did you ever see Andor? No. Okay. I mean, I, that, that one was I good. I probably will. Yeah. No, if you're looking for just, like, a good sci-fi story, like Andor, it, it's a slow burn, but it's good. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll probably watch it after the Disney thing. Because mm. I, I feel like if I get distracted, I'll just fall further behind than I already am. Mm. Like, I'm already going to be doing this until, like, June of... <laughs> Next year at this rate. Yeah. And what will my challenge for 2024 be? Since I, I'm apparently giving myself one. <laughs> uh, finishing the Disney thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what's yeah, your challenge for 2025? It's the, the real question. <laughs> I'll, I'll start a RuneScape membership. <laughs> Again. And I'll beat every RuneScape quest. I'll, like, probably 500 of them. Mm. I, don't, I don't actually know how many there are. I'd have to look it up. God, that would be... Oh, man, that would be, like, running 18 marathons. Probably. Yep. Because, like, I mean, I... I've never had membership on RuneScape. But, like, I know, like, some of the more involved free quests that I remember doing take like hours um it'd probably take me i wonder if it would take like over a thousand hours to do all the runescape quests mm. if i if i don't know what i'm doing I, don't, I i'm not talking myself into this i'm forgetting that this ever happened yeah. because i don't want to talk myself into it well it's like two years away so. yeah bye Oh no, uh, Jay! If if I ever bring this up again, just shoot me in the face. <laughs> I'll say instead that you challenge should be to get a Marvel Comics Unlimited subscription and read every issue of Spider Man. Ooh, mm. that that sounds equally painful to be honest. Yep, reading decades just... and decades of all all the Spider Mans, all the spinoffs. You know, I'll I'll be honest. If I if I did that, I mean, even I like just, just Amazing like Spider-Man read... alone is like eight hundred issues at this point. If I did that, I would rather just like read Dragon Ball or mm. Berserk uh, oh, Berserk yeah. again to to where the last time I I stopped uh, like years ago, mm. and then pick it up to um like I guess is the end. Like, I, I think a bunch of artists said that they would pick it up after the author died, but mm. I don't know what the status on that is. Uh, 
anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Two hours for twenty. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>